guys, it's Carly. Welcome back to my podcast, One Woman Gig. I am, I'm looking forward. I am so looking forward to today's topic. This is actually a bonus episode for you guys. Season two is on its way. It'll be airing soon, but there's a lot of current events going on right now, and I feel it's very relevant. It's very important to have certain discussions. So um, this is a bonus. This is a bonus for you guys. I guess we can consider it a dance discovery, a cultural discovery. Um, it's all about the culture. So this is a talking, listening, discussing, educating inside and outside the artistic views um, in the art world, everything like that. With professional portrait photographer and artist, please help me welcome Tracy Wishick. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being you and tuning on and having conversation with me um I'm excited and again I just feel like it's such a relevant topic to talk about with you know everything going on right now I feel like this is what life is like having conversations and talking you know um so I'm excited I'm good I'm this is, yeah this is, I, I agree yeah um it's definitely trying times right now. I mean, how's your mental? How are you feeling? Uh, to be honest with you, it's it's been rough. And I'm obviously um, a lot more um, just in general privileged in the moment. But just hearing everything and experiencing all my friends and what they've been going through, mm. it's been very emotional. And of course, this has happened. Nothing ever happens once at a time, right? So we have... A pandemic and then we have all this um, injustice and this violence going on and it is um, it's overwhelming it's you take it a day at a time but I think being open and I think not being afraid of being uncomfortable right now especially um, if you're white is something that we have to do in order to overcome this a lot of truth behind that and like you said taking it one day at a time that's also a part of life you really can't skip ahead and just expect something to be different you really have to take it one day at a time but it's definitely emotional definitely is overwhelming but um i'm proud of you i'm glad that you're willing to have conversation and taking moments for yourself when you need it that's also equally important so um yeah 2020 that's all 2020 (laughs) all right that's that's all has been a year yes for (laughs) sure for sure um, so Tracy, you you are a photographer. Um, you've done freelance work. Um, you've worked with commercial companies. You are you're an artist, like on your own. Um, so talking about, I'm, I'm I mean, I don't want to skip ahead. We're going to be talking about like, you know, diverse repre- representation in the art world, and even beyond that, I guess like understanding the daily life um, in regards to what's going on right now and. I guess almost like helping to bridge the gap of different cultures or mindsets, you know what I mean? Um, And just to cue in for listeners, you know, we're recording this at a time where um, it's in in regards to the death of George Floyd. Um, He was killed on Monday, May 25th. It was Memorial Day. Um, It was videotaped by an onlooker. Um, He was killed by a police officer. Uh, he basically had his knee, he had a knee in his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Um, and inevitably he did die. He died. 
it's definitely been a headline in the news for the past couple of weeks and stirred a lot of conversation, protests. There's been other actions. Um, you know, his death is one of many in regards to police brutality, you know, systemic racial problems of this country upon other issues. Um, and I would say it's definitely a multi-layered situation here in America. It's not just like, hey, this one incident, right? Um, you know, America from its inception, I feel like there's been issues. Uh, like there are systemic problems here in America. And if so, like, does that make somebody automatically quote unquote racist? Does that mean identifying that there's issues, you know? Um, does that mean that it's like, okay, I'm a racist because I'm associated by the color of my skin? Or I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. That's an amazing question. Um, I think our country was built upon the premise that when we talked about we the people or our freedom, I don't think black people were included in that. Um, if I'm gonna have to be you know, honest about all of it, how everything was built, um, how our US was built, um, it stems from this systemic racism. I think that is very real in our society and it, it kind of branches out into all different aspects, whether it is racism within policing, whether it is financial strain, all of this ties back to that, right? Mm. So I think it is something that from the inception of our country has been an issue and it's it's baffling in some senses, it's disheartening, um, but it's it's definitely there and it's present. And I think this is the first time in my life where I've really been stewing in this kind of just, you know, in this upsetting realism that Mm. it hasn't really gotten so much better. I think a lot of white people say, well, you're, (laughs) there's no more slavery anymore. There's, there's, you guys have freedom and there, there isn't. And a lot of people are saying with George Floyd, oh, well, why all of a sudden are people talking about this? I've heard that a lot Mm. from my friends, from family members, and that's just not the case. You know, I think as a white person, we, we tend to just put this aside. If I'm going to be really, you know, honest, we, we look the other way a lot and that's Mm. something that needs to stop. This hasn't been something that is just coming up all of a sudden. This has been something that's been a problem for what, over 400 years? Right, right. I don't, News I don't even know. I am horrible at history. Yeah. I'm horrible at history, okay. but Good. it's been a problem for a really long time. So it's definitely, I think we all, um, all races have prejudices and racism mm-hmm. within us. I think we have to recognize it. Right. And by recognizing it and talking about it, that's how we start to come up with solutions for it, right? Yeah. Like, life is not comfortable. Change is not something that is comfortable to begin with. The whole concept of like, I'm used to something, I'm comfortable here, whatever the case may be, to even have the mindset like, wait a minute, I might not think that way tomorrow is like, whoa. Like, just almost like a sense of losing yourself, even thinking about changing your perspective. It's like, wait a minute. Um, which can be scary. It's definitely a scary thing, but I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of just 
being honest and and bringing it to light is something that is the only way we can make change. And, um, you know, it's definitely an ongoing situation from the inception of America, like legitimately, um, 110%. I don't think, you know, blacks who were taken from Africa and brought here in America in the 1600s, I don't think it was perceived from from white people that like oh you know what generations from now they're gonna be fine they're gonna be yeah that's <laughs> gonna be eat dinner with us and the, you know we're gonna control how they multiply and you know it's gonna be fine like i don't think that was ever the case that there w- was intended freedom you know so it's definitely something that uh is real and it's definitely prevalent today for sure some police chiefs are a lot more recognizing of it and others are not so how do we kind of leverage that data that these people are picking up to kind of adjust and change the system right yeah um you know officers they're rookie officers like do they get mental health assessments like every three months i don't know i don't i'm not a cop i don't know what it's like i could only imagine and similar to like our veterans our our soldiers and, and men and women who who service our country like I cannot imagine doing that. I cannot imagine the emotional, the mental strain of doing that. And I, I honor and respect and support our our troops and our police officers and stuff like that. But maybe even, like I said, from a perspective of like, if you're like, oh, police brutality is not real, but like, okay, then let's check in on our officers, period. What is it like for them? What is the training like? Is there a gap? Is there a learning curve between people who've been on a force for 17 years versus someone who just got hired last week? Like. Is it, you know what I mean? Like, there's just things in general that I feel like, even if you looked at it from uh, a police perspective, like, okay, well, aren't there still problems, period? Like, can we check in on them? Can we, can we investigate and make sure that their mental is okay? Like, but even saying something like that, doesn't that prove that there's quote unquote problems? Like, even just a simple statement, like, not all cops are bad. Okay, yeah, we know that. But like the mm-hmm. fact that there are bad cops, is that not something that is an issue to you that maybe we should investigate a little further as a nation? That maybe the law enforcement right, like maybe there's something going on. The fact that we have to say good cop, bad cop, like doesn't that make you scratch your head a little bit and be like, hmm, something is a little off here. And I mean, understandably, there's different uh demographics across America. The NYPD um officer you know, if he were to move to like a suburb in Jersey or something like that, like it's going to be a different type of vibe. You know what I mean? So that's understandable that certain locations in America, you know, there's different activities, lifestyles that are going on. So, you know, it might not be as aggressive in one location versus another, but across the board there, there shouldn't be a, well, I support the police because I know good officers. Like, you shouldn't even have to say that. Like, I think that, that there should be a, a clear understanding that there are issues. I feel like people focus on semantics. Like, they were trying to point out a problem, and they're trying to say, well, that's not always the problem. And it's like, yes, but it is a problem. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, yes, there are good cops and there are bad apples, but that's not the problem. The problem is we have to change the overall system. We have to come up with something in this infrastructure that can change and reduce police brutality and not focus on the fact that there are good, that, well, there are good cops. That's not what the problem is. The problem is that this has been 
a systemic issue within the police force since slavery was a thing once they once they pass that law and slit you know supposed freedom they did all of these laws that still pigeonholed black correct so that the laws didn't apply so their freedom still wasn't their freedom and that's where our problem stems from so I feel like there has to be an education there and very uncomfortable talks for people to realize like we're not talking about that good people don't exist we're talking about how this all was created and it has to be changed how do you feel about the phrase white privilege what does that mean for you and when was the first time you heard that first time i heard that um so the first time i heard about white privilege was in college i went to syracuse university um there was a lot of neighborhoods there that were predominantly black and it's when I really started to branch out and I was becoming friends and acquaintances with people of all different races. And that's where I really started to realize a lot of what my friends went through. And I'd be like, yeah, I understand you. And they're like, no, you don't. You don't. You, you're privileged. You don't. And that was where I started to really question. Uh, I don't think of white privilege as like a insult or anything. I know I'm privileged. I know, mm. I know I am. I know there's things that I can't ever fully comprehend. Um, I'm aware of what my answer ancestors have done. I'm aware of what your answer ancestors have gone through. Mm. And it's, it's very real. Like I, I know I'm privileged. I am. I'm very aware that my skin color opens up a lot of doors for me that won't be open to people with different skin color. And it's, it's a shame and it is just frustrating you're fine i think everybody has certain privileges i think um i'm i think i'm privileged in multiple senses i think i have white privilege Mm. because of my skin i think i'm privileged because i grew up in a somewhat upper Mm -hmm. middle class household right i wasn't poor you know i think that and i think i i had privilege in the way I was raised with my parents. I didn't have abusive parents. I didn't go through the violence that some other people go through. So there's multiple different, I think there's privilege and there is white privilege, right? I think, I think you, I think you had, and you can disagree with me here. I think you had certain privileges that other black people don't have. I think because you grew up in the area that we grew up in, there was a level of privilege there, but you're not going to have white privilege. You still had this disparity and you still have gone, had experiences that I'm probably unaware of that have reminded you right. of your skin color. Right. I don't want people to think that white privilege means you have to be apologetic that you're white or like, you know what I mean? It's you should, no, don't feel bad. Like it's not your fault. Like it really isn't. It's, it's nobody, it's nobody's fault like here and today. Like it's not, it's just again it stems back and that's why like to say that there are no systemic issues in america it's like dude what what world living in where are your eyeballs like what's going on it's like it's everything from the inception of america like it's prevalent today you know so um i agree though that there are definitely differences between using the word privilege like straight up privilege because yes i feel like i am a privileged 
woman. Like I grew up, like you said, in a very middle class, you know, we were chilling, like straight up chilling, both parents married, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't any sort of, I was chilling. I was chilling, you know? Um, (laughs) But yeah, there's still disparity in regards to, I, I was like, I call myself the token black kid in the grade because I was for the, long, for the longest time. Like the longest time I was. My little braids that I used to have, my barrettes and stuff. Like I was, <laughs> was the only one. I was the only one. Um, and not to say I was necessarily uh, treated differently from all my peers. I mean, I, def- I moved to a new town, but it was still very similar in terms of demographic um, to our hometown and stuff like that but as I got older I definitely started noticing things of like 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 mm. housekeeper comments or like ooh, you know what I mean like things like that I'm like mm. uh, you know as I got older that started happening and and seeing certain things um, that maybe you might not even have to be exposed to because you know it's just like why would anyone say that you're a housekeeper Tracy like or you look like my housekeeper like why like what like what is that what are you ins- what are you what are you saying with that statement what are you insinuating you know um so yeah that mm-hmm. definitely that definitely came up for me as I got older and um like maybe like eighth grade and throughout high school and stuff like that and even it's so sad I don't think I ever told you this but um my dad said he told my sister and I Um, And I don't want to speak for other people like my sister, my mom or dad or anybody like too, too much. But um, I just remember him saying he was nervous for us growing up in a predominantly white area because he didn't grow up or my mom. They didn't grow up in a predominantly white area. And he was like, like, are my girls going to be able to make it? Like, are they going to be able to, you know, hold their own and be you know, the quote unquote token black kids. Like, are they going to be able to be strong enough? Are they, is their education, they're going to be exposed to the same education. Are they going to be smart enough to, you know, be quote unquote, okay, be acceptable in society? Um, Are they going to, are they going to be able to excel um, as fair competition, quote unquote, you know, of like being black and being, being the token black, family like it was like that was it he was he was nervous like since we were born like and when he moved to the area where we live like he was like uh, I don't know I'm not sure like are the girls going to be exposed to even just cultural things or like aware of of certain aspects of being being African-American like I he didn't know and you know I mean we graduated we did something so uh <laughs> we're we're here now did you did you feel that pressure and if you did like what age did you start to feel that pressure to need to excel to need to be if I'm getting this right just as good or better than all your classmates because of that honestly we were raised and I for anyone listening I just have I have a sister it's just my sister and I my older sister and I we were raised in such a way of like love and encouragement I never felt like at home I never felt like I couldn't do anything like you know having a dad who was a professional athlete 
I literally remember being 10 and I was like, dad, I'm going to play in the WNBA. He's like, all right, cool. Like I literally, there was I was, like, I, there was nothing I felt. I was like, dad, by the way, I'm also going to be a professional author. Thank you. Like, good night. Like I, there was nothing I felt like I couldn't do. I do remember having a conversation with him where he sat me down. I think I was like nine and he was like, Hey, just know you're going to have to work twice as hard. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I got it. I'm working, you know, but he's like, no, you know, you're a great kid. You're, you're, you're beautiful. You're this, you're that, but understand that like, there are going to be people as you get older that still look at, that are going to look at you and think you're not good enough just because of your skin color. Like I remember having that conversation. I don't remember verbatim what he said, but it was basically along those, those lines of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're going to have to work really hard. So if you're smart, you have to be like, even smarter like it was like okay you're good but you gotta be like extra great um I would say for me when did I first notice that um like academically um or socially or both I don't know what do you like just in general I guess um I guess both in the sense of academics and also social like I've just realized a lot of um at least black young men are perceived to be a lot older than their Mm. ages. Um, Like Tamir Rice or, you know, they're perceived to be in their 20s when they're actually 12, 13, and they're perceived to be more of a threat. And did you ever feel like growing up you were either judged um, by your skin tone by for being older or for having this pressure to act or be a certain way? Um... And that, yeah, I think academically, I was always just self driven to like, um, I was just always self driven. Like, I was, I put quote unquote pressure on myself. Like, I just wanted to be successful for Carly means. Like, I was like, all right, I got to make sure that I get a really good grade Mm -hmm. on this project. Like, I worked hard, like, just period. Like, just that was just me. Um, So, I didn't necessarily feel you know, inferior to my peers in regards to academics. Like I remember even my senior year of high school, I got like student of the month and my dad cried. Like he was so proud. Like he took a picture in front of my picture. Like that was like on the wall, like in the high school. He like walked in <laughs> and like, and I, right. And I was yes. so embarrassed, but now I think I get it a little bit more that like, okay, my child is a, is a clear, you know, competitive student regardless of her skin color he was like yo my baby girl did it like she's Mm -hmm. student of the month and like stuff like that so I definitely um academically I didn't necessarily feel like I wasn't understanding or I wasn't like a a competitive uh student you know or anything like that socially um I never felt like I was necessarily a threat like or feel felt like um like you said in comparison to black boys um like they're perceived as like 18 when like like Trayvon Martin I think was 12 or 13 when he was killed like you know and like this 18 year old Mm -hmm. walking with Skittles like what like that's bananas even to think of that but like I don't think I ever experienced walking around our hometown uh as like "Mm, you are you know you got to watch your back, Carly. You know, you got to be... I mean, I was always cautious just because my dad always said, keep your head on a swivel. Like, if I were to call him right now, I'd be like, Dad, what's your famous line? Like, that's one of them. Keep your head on a swivel. 
Um, mm. I mean, I, I always have been like that, but I don't think I was thinking that. I guess my first real experience of feeling like that was actually six years ago. So in my adult life, where I got the cops called on me. Um, and I was shook, Tracy. I was shook. I was not even scared. Ugh. Like I was like shocked that someone, I'm like 5'1". And I'm thinking like, I let, it was a, I'll share it real quick, but I, I basically left my place of business that I own my dance studio. Um, and I had to deposit money. I didn't want to walk around with, I had cash and I didn't want to walk around with cash that day. And it was at night. My last class ends at 9.30 yeah. PM. So by the time I'm done cleaning up the studio and wrapping up, it's like 10 o'clock. So I stopped on the, I'm not going to say the town, but I stopped on my way home at the Chase Bank. And you know, you have to put your card after hours like you have to put your card uh like your debit card in that little slot in order to open up the, like that glass vestibule yeah so like that's yeah. the atm so i did that mm-hmm. and i was having issues with my card like i remember being i was like oh let me call customer service real quick like it wasn't accepting my money my card i was like ah this is annoying so long story short i was in there for about like seven to ten minutes which i guess yeah that's not normal for you to make, be making a quick deposit it is a little bit longer um, all of a sudden, as I'm wrapping up, I, I see two cop cars, two officers pull up, they knock on the door and I let them in. They're like, Hey, did you see someone walking around the bank? And I'm thinking like inside the actual bank, not just where I am by myself in the ATM, that glass vestibule. And then mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's like a robbery. And then I get scared. I'm like, no, I was like, what? what? And I was like, no, I didn't see anybody walking around. And they were like, oh, okay. I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, someone called because of suspicious activity in the bank. I'm like, and then I put two and two together. I'm like, well, I'm clearly the only person in here. So like, am I the threat? I am a threat. Mm-hmm. Like me, five one. like whether I was wearing a hoodie or not, I wasn't, but like me being suspicious. And I think the first thing I said after he said, you know, someone made that call. I'm like, do you know who I am? Like, I literally said that. Like, I was like, like, (laughs) sir, do you know who I am? I'm like, man, I'm so close to my hometown. Like, I've never been perceived. I've never, ever thought, like, me of all people, suspicious. Like, what am I going to do? Like, what weapon? What am I doing? Like, what am I? I don't, I I was just so shocked. And to even think that whoever called, never actually came up to the door it's like they called from their car so they must have been watching me like Mm. yeah it did take longer so i understand okay that's a little weird but like either be patient if you're that uncomfortable wait in your car until i'm done if you don't want to wait in the glass vestibule with me fine wait in your car or knock on the door like nothing never no one ever approached the door i didn't i thought i was just there i didn't know there was a line quote unquote you know what i mean like people waiting like i was just like all right i'm just like doing my thing yeah I don't yeah, see I anyone. It was, I wasn't, and I also wasn't paying attention. I was just annoyed. I was on hold with like customer service and stuff, but it was, I was just like, dang, like what threat am I posing on you? Why am I so suspicious? Like, could it have been just if I were white, would someone still call the cops? Maybe because it took long. Yeah. If it was me, would someone call know. the cops? Can we do an experiment? You want to like drive by one day and test that out sure i'm down let's do it but i mean should i jump to conclusions and assume it was because i was black i don't know (laughs) it felt like that to me it did i'm not gonna lie it did feel like that because i'm like what threat is a five foot one lady like in her early 20s what am i gonna do to you 
that you felt you need to call the cops. What am I? Because I took a long time. Am I stealing money from an ATM? How do you yeah. even steal money from an ATM? You gotta have some sort like of a tool. Like, do I have like toolbox in there or something? Do I have a mask on? Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, let me. <laughs> if you walked in there with a mask and a toolbox, which nowadays walking with a mask, oh, you true, have to right? during the, the <laughs> so... pandemic. I mean, geez, I felt I felt like. It was definitely a shocking experience for me. Um, you know, that that made me like that didn't make me feel good. Let's just say that I felt like, what am I doing? That's so yeah. wrong. Like, really? Like, I don't know. The energy yeah. involved in calling the cops to right. report you is just, I think, proof of a literally re- repetitive but a systemic. Mm issue that this is what we're taught this is what our ancestors were taught before this is this has been going on beginning beginning, right because he could have just went to another uh, sorry i should say he he or she or a he she could have went to another bank they could just waited put on some music called a friend they could have just waited with you but the energy involved in actually calling the cops and reporting you that's a whole nother level of something internally going on there right and addressed. it kind of stems you you heard about the new law that they were passing um for the nypd about the amy cooper law uh the central park situation where he was bird watching i have heard i yeah. have heard about it but i am not incredibly uh knowledgeable secretly i'm not either to be honest but basically even even just (laughs) the whole concept she called and said there's a black man threatening my life what she knew that that was her ammo like why is that Mm -hmm. your ammo why what Mm -hmm. threatening your life and all he said was please put your dog on a leash there's a black man threatening my life if he didn't film that Who's to say what would have happened to him? And that's the problem is that everything now is that you, as that in general, black people feel the need to have to videotape and social media everything because of that injustice there, that there is this, that unfortunately white people are more believed in scenarios than black people. And why is that like we gotta talk about that like why is there more Mm. trust based on your skin color and we all know there's crazy people in this world period they could be blue purple white black like don't don't get it twisted we've had more crazy white people than crazy black people if i'm going to be honest with you i don't know of any serial killers that you know wear the skin of their victims that aren't actual facts i'm gonna (laughs) like wait a minute (laughs) You know, Ed Gein and Ted Bundy and Dylan all these Roof? crazy yeah. people, they were white. I bet you any, yeah, I bet you the, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the Zodiac oh, yeah, Killer, yeah. all these famous, that the British guy that was never caught that I'm forgetting, uh, famous name, um, Jack the Ripper. I bet you they were white. Bananas, girl. <laughs> I'm making a generalization, <laughs> but. <laughs> it's true. No, it's true. Yeah, I it's a uh, it's crazy um i was not aware if i'm gonna be once again honest and admit i was not aware that rosa parks 
was only 42 years old. <laughs> and I grew up with that, that history that she was this older woman um, that didn't want to move to the back of the bus, that didn't want to give up her seat. So I wanted your kind of opinion because I was not aware of the extent that black history was whitewashed, especially in schools. So I didn't know if your viewpoint on this, if you growing up were learning things and then realizing that those things were in an accuracy. And how do you, how do you deal with that? Knowing that what you're learning is not necessarily yeah. facts. It's definitely, and I mean, obviously when you talk about education, education is so important. It is so important. And we have to understand that obviously what you're teaching a sophomore in high school, you're not going to be dishing out the same exact content to like a seven-year-old in like second grade or whatever, right? You have to be mindful of the vocabulary and stuff yeah. like that. Okay, understandable. Um, mm-hmm. However, it is so important to be honest and use the whatever vocabulary necessary to say what actually happened. There are so many inaccuracies that we learned Like, even, like, Christopher Columbus, like, right? We have a whole holiday, and the banks are closed off of Mm -hmm. Christopher Columbus, who's, like, he discovered America, and he broke bread with the Native Americans. Like, what? When did that actually happen? No. Like, no. That's not what went down by any means. That's not what happened. And, you know, when you're in third grade, fourth grade little kid, you're like, oh, but he's good. Like, it's okay. Like, he helped the Native Americans. He brought over, like, guns and showed them this. And pilgrims were cool. Like, like it's so, like you said, it's whitewashed to be like, hey, heroic. And, like, it's all good. And there's so many inaccuracies that's that are in the textbooks, which that's another, that's a, that's a problem. That is an issue. Um, and what we mm-hmm. learn at home and in conversation from our grandmas and grandpas and uncles and aunties and cousins. And like those conversations are not in the history book, you know, Um, or it's just Mm -hmm. downplayed like, uh, or like, do you, Trace, do you know, do you know who Ruby Bridges is? Uh, She She, sounds familiar. I don't, honestly, I can't remember what year she, okay, wait. She's like 62 or something like that. So when she, I think she was the first black student to be like integrated into like a white school district or something, but she's only like 62. So that was in like 1950, 1964, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Something like that. But it's like, mm-hmm. you think about like, did you, did you, do you remember ever hearing that? Like when you were like in middle school or like high school or anything like that? Like, there's just certain things that are like left out or it's just like, or Emmett Till. Like we bring up Emmett Till because that is a pure <laughs> open case of Ugh. like, what the F is that? Like, what, what are you, how are you, how can we not talk about that? You know, like his, his murder you know, mm-hmm. is it in the history books? I mean, we've been out of school now for years, so like, but no. yeah, maybe it, I hope it is, but right, I and I, I can tell you right now, I okay, well, maybe I can't because my brain cells can't remember high school or eighth grade like that. I can, I'm like almost a hundred percent sure that that was never discussed 
in school? Like, maybe, are they trying to protect us from, hey, ooh, this is still a sensitive topic, so let's just not talk about it? Are they protecting us because it was so brutal and violent? Like, his picture, if you Google it now, and I mean, granted, Google was not around when we were little, but, like, if you Google it now, you can easily see a picture of Emmett Till when he was alive versus when he was when he was in his casket. And his mom did that on purpose to show, like, look what... Yeah, look what they did to my baby. That's my... And he was, what, 14, 15, allegedly whistling at a white woman. Like, do you know how many women, unfortunately, get catcalled in the city, like, on the regular? There's been experiments and people videotaping that that's, like, the complete norm and stuff like that. Could you imagine being murdered for even doing that? Or, you know, like, allegedly... It's just... There's just so many... There's so many incidents that have happened that the inaccuracies... And again, does it come from hey, let's protect the kids, guys. Like, let's not, you know, let's not expose them to the fact that this is just so unfair and so brutal. Like, why? Mm -hmm. That's history. We talk about Hitler. We talk about the Holocaust. That was devastating. That's that's one of the biggest problems, man, is that we're, we're discussing certain topics and avoiding others. I had watched a TED Talk about the death penalty and stuff and how we shouldn't even most of the the people on death row are black people right and if you would have went to germany they don't allow the death penalty they don't allow the systemic the the killing of people mm-hmm. like by the government whatever because of world war ii and the holocaust mm-hmm. and hitler so the fact that we kind of skirt over this in the u.s and we are killing black people in and outside of the law Mm. it's It's a problem it's crazy to think about it's crazy to think about that we just we pretend that none of this happened but there's other countries that are like you guys are crazy like we would never do something like this could you imagine could you imagine if germany was doing the death penalty on people but we do it now and it's like it doesn't make sense and we skirt over these topics and we should be teaching our kids. I understand there is vocabulary to use, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't teach them like, this is our history. This is the real history right. of what happened. And if we got to change how we see things and how we view things, and we, we have to talk to people so that we can start to change right. the system, how people think or voting. Most people that vote, a lot of black people can't even and vote. And it's like, why? if they have any sort of criminal on their record or whatever it is, they are forbidden to vote. They're not allowed. It is against Mm. the law. So how do we change our criminal justice system? How do we change our schools so that we can allow this, what everything was founded on to change and evolve and change the definition of what white is so that there is no color. Right. Like for real for real it's it's just definitely even like we said too from the beginning this is a multi-layered situation this is not just uh hey you know obviously it's unfortunate george floyd was killed but this is not a one incident one issue of police brutality this is multi-layered what's going on with the education what's going on with even the even where our housing you know poverty uh redlining uh, there's so many oh, yeah. it's just it's 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 a l- multi-layered situation 
here in America that we're that we're dealing with. And again, it definitely does stem back from the inception. It's just it's very real. It's very prevalent today. So it's hard to talk to certain people and have conversation and, you know, they don't see that there's a problem or like, I don't know. It's just it's difficult. It's definitely difficult to can we all get on the same page of like, yo, there are systemic issues. Can we like have a checklist of like, let's agree on X, Y, Z, like systemic issues, uh, police, like law enforcement, we need reform and education. Like there, can we make a checklist and everybody agree? Like, come on, like, how can you sit here and twiddle your thumbs and be like, yep, it's all good. The overall problem being, we can't even agree <laughs> that we're, t- we're talking about rights. like. And black people wanting civil rights, not even equal rights. Yeah, like just civil rights. <laughs> and it's why is this a conversation we have to have that people should have right. civil rights just to be civil to each other? Like it's insanity to me. And our history is this definition of insanity, this act of doing the same things yep. over and over again and expecting different results here. So I'm. I'm hoping if we just keep bringing more awareness and we have conversations like this where we keep talking about it, keep opening up and discussing different, uh, you know, activists and what they're doing and what we can do. And hopefully by taking these small steps with each person, the more people we get, the more education we come across, it can start to change. If not those stubborn people, then hopefully at least we can outweigh those people with people that are willing to change and just not to be pessimistic to tracy or to anyone listening but it's not gonna happen in our lifetime guys but (laughs) no we want to do our best for our kids our grandkids our great grandkids like let's let's do better Mm -hmm. you know it's been repeated too many times like let's it's enough it's enough it's enough all right so trace i have uh, a question, I guess, for you, or I want to hear your, your viewpoint on it. So we're, we are both artists, right? Um, Sam Cooke, he, he was killed. He was actually a, a Black advocate back mm-hmm. in the 60s and, and late 50s and everything like that. And he sang um, the song A Change Is Gonna Come that was released in 1964, I think mm-hmm. after his death, actually. And even like a few years later, James Brown, yeah. you know, soul singer, um, he had the song mm-hmm. Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud, right? And that was in 1968. I, and then even fast forwarding to like 1998, I know for a fact this came out after Tupac was killed, but the song changes, right? Uh, that got released in 1998. Yeah. So if you listen to the lyrics and the messages in all three songs, right? It's, a, it's kind of like a common theme, right? Of like, hey, um, even Tupac saying like, I see no changes, you know, trigger on the N-word. Um, and then the cop's a hero mm-hmm. for doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, he was, if he's, if he's rapping about mm-hmm. something like that in 1990, well, before night, cause he got killed in 96, back in the mid nineties. Right. And it's still going on today. Mm-hmm. Alvin Ailey, you know, Arthur Mitchell, who created dance theater of Harlem and like founding fathers of modern dance mm-hmm. and ballet and creating space for black dancers. Um, Frank Hatchett was a master of jazz dance. And he came out at a time when like hip hop started developing and um we have these you know beautiful radical pioneers in the art world in terms of music and dance and you know misty copeland becoming the first principal dancer for abt in 2015 like and that was only five years ago it's like that was the first time in 75 years you know since 
ABT's inception that she was the first black person. Like what? Like that's crazy. And it's like things like mm-hmm. that. It's like, do people? I see a lot of like, well, you know, things are different and blah blah blah. But it's like, do you not see even just from an artistic viewpoint, we're saying the same thing. Like from generation, from this, from that, from in our lyrics, in the fact that we have to create our own spaces to dance, in the fact, how is it that people maybe don't see the repetition? Like we're we're still trying to make a point here. Like we're, you know what I mean? Like uh, I can't even think of my mm-hmm. question. <laughs> like I can't. Even... <laughs> it's just like we dish out our voices and our bodies and our music and our culture and we're like yo listen to what we're saying and it's like we're still not heard like what are we supposed to do i don't think you're only just i don't think only that black culture is sometimes not heard but sometimes is actually disgraced in Mm. certain situations and i mean i recently um was reminded my friend had told me um, about a visual artist, Dred Scott, mm-hmm. and he did this whole conversation piece about freedom, and it involved um, an American flag on the floor that you had to walk on top of in order to write notes in response to an art piece that it showed like South Korea burning flags, uh, Vietnam coffins with the flag laid on top of it and people could come look at it and write a note about what they and they had to walk across and it was hugely contra they had to walk on top of the american flag to write about this other piece on the wall in front of them about flags burning and all this stuff so it was hugely controversial president bush had called it disgraceful congress outlawed it he had a first amendment battle about it ended up burning flags on congress steps and he had death threats out against him because of it. And all because he was trying to say that, like we've been reiterating, that the inception of America was built on these foundations mm-hmm. that need to change. And sometimes American flag signals signifies that to black people. And him trying to express that in his art was considered disgraceful by the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. So there's not only this like repetition in dance and in art and photography and painting, right? I mean, Amanda Williams, you were talking about red lighting. She is a visual based artist that painted mm. buildings in Chicago um, based on relational context and color theory. She called it colored theory. And she painted it according to her own palette buildings that were part of demolition because they were considered hazardous and they're part of the mm. black community when she'd paint them like ultra sheen cyan and crown royal bay, bay blue and like all these colors that resonated to the black community and so there's all these different ways right that it's being talked about in poems and poets are talking about it um i'm a big slam mm. poetry fan and aja monet talks about it all these people talk about it and it's all these different compositions, all these different modes and just how it's talked about. Dance, you know, written word, visually, all these different ways it's reiterated. And because our foundations are so 
unfortunately strong to this day our government strong in its foundation of what everything was created it's it's causing this kind of rift right where i think it's i think it's somewhat better but i feel like culture is we're starting to become more aware and i think there's more of an open mind and within white people but i think there's still this huge disparity yeah. and uncomfortableness that people aren't willing to accept and i think this courage and this bravery coming from all these black artists saying like no i'm going to keep doing this we're going to keep doing this we're mm. going to keep telling you the way things are the way things have been and the way things need to be and i think that's strong i think we need that i think as artists we we need that we need to open right. the eyes of people we need to open everyone's right. eyes and minds you know keep going it's keep on going and that's just who we are with as artists like that is our expression our self expression mm-hmm. so we keep on going yeah sometimes yeah, it's more powerful it definitely, too definitely definitely can be for sure for sure photographer like do you feel like you see your share of diversity um when it comes to doing certain shoots, you know, portrait or you know, do you feel like you're you're you experience diversity with having different clients or what is that experience like for you as a photographer? That's a great question. Um it depends on the demographic. I I'm not going to name um the studios that I work for in different um towns, but one town i have predominantly white and some asian you know people i photograph portraits families and then another town i work for there is a lot more of a community there where i do have black asian indian hispanic um all different cultures and it's it's very different and it's a huge um disconnect for me to go between both studios a lot of the times because one is a lot more uh diverse than mm-hmm. the other and then if you're thinking in the sense of the dance yoga world that is certainly a lot more diverse depending on what I'm photographing right i depending if i'm doing yoga or dance unfortunately there's a divergence there as well i want to see more diversity within mm-hmm. the yoga culture it is up in, it is changing but it's still a predominantly white culture unfortunately and what's weird is a lot of yoga's principles stem from different cultures around the world that aren't white hmm. so it's it's a weird kind of juxtaposition when you bring it into the United States into America and you have predominantly white people at least in New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania that are you know most of the people I photograph within yoga are of white backgrounds but then if i'm doing dance um whether it be ballet or hip hop or whatever um it is more diverse so it's a, it's a very interesting divergence between that freelance that i do and then the in studio work that i do depending on the town and i'm hoping that it gets better but depending on the town it is it is not as diverse as yeah. i would want it to be yeah and i mean i think even for you to say yoga that actually got my my brain going a little bit like are there are are black people even aware of 
yoga and like the exposure like and if so how come we don't necessarily see a bigger uh presence in the yoga community perhaps or you know maybe they're not exposed and and why is that is it because do they do yoga in school like in gym are they, you know what i mean it's just like you wonder well mm-hmm. if there is are they closeted yogis or something and they're just like hey i don't feel comfortable like going out to <laughs> classes or you know what i mean it's it is that's that definitely actually just makes my me want to question in general just go talk to more yoga yogi friends of mine and like hey what mm-hmm. what do you what do you think like that's yeah. definitely an interesting um topic yeah. in itself um i totally forgot that you do yoga i'm like wait a minute you're such a yeah. yogi i There's, forgot <laughs> i yeah i mean i one of the studios i work for is a new studio and it is black owned she's uh she's an amazing woman i'm not going to name mm-hmm. where it is or her name but she it she just recently opened up and she had her husband and her daughter help open it up and it is such a great big it's the biggest studio i work for um i you know they're battling yeah. the pandemic right now being a new studio they opened up uh, late yeah. november so um that's that's rough but like i i'm seeing it i'm seeing it but i want to see more you know i think there's still unfortunately um, there's not a lot of support mm, okay. there when um, a black woman or a black man wants to open up their own studio or teach. There's a lot of unfortunate, I've heard comments, you know, um, in between after classes, depending on the teachers sometimes, unfortunately. Um, someone said they preferred another person's class, another teacher's class and made a comment where it made it seem mm. racially motivated. So there's still that happening. It's happening everywhere and it's unfortunate and maybe just stemming, maybe we should have yoga and gym class. I think it would be good for the heart and soul, to be honest with you, if we had more of a slowing down to really process and think about things because it can, you take that stuff off the mat. That's what all mm. teachers say. Take what you learn on the mat, off the mat. And I think if we were more like that in life if we're more loving in life with our emotions and our feelings maybe it could help change our behaviors as well and I think our behaviors are what racism stem from it really is really really is yeah Um, definitely (laughs) we 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 have to do better um, as people period like just as a human being like just like let's do better like let's just do Mm -hmm. better Um, I mean I, I I definitely appreciate you chatting with me today um i think it's super important and again as artists like we should be using our platforms i'm like wait a minute i have a podcast why am i not using this like let's have a conversation like let's let's do this and we we did it oh yeah discuss it um so i i truly appreciate you and your insight and your perspective and you being a person and the fact that you're like hey i'm learning some things right now like I'm learning stuff too. I also want listeners, please don't get it twisted that I'm just sitting up here thinking the only thing that I'm thinking. Like I've had conversations with friends of mine who are police officers, like spouses of police officers, people who have political differences than me. I'm not even going to go into that, but you know, just have, have multiple conversations with people, you know, it's, it's important for sure. I want to throw out like your Instagram plug or anything with your artwork or anything like that you want to do 
sure. My Instagram is at T-C-W-I-S-H-I-K. And uh, my website is currently under construction. So once it is up, it will be on my Instagram there. But that's really the only platform I am on. Again, I, I really, truly appreciate your insight. And um, even just you as an artist, like, this is great that we're, we're doing this as artists and as friends and as people. Like, so I appreciate you. Um, thank you, girlfriend. Thank you. <laughs> and for all the you. listeners, make sure you guys stay tuned <laughs> because season two is coming so soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to releasing season two to you guys. Um, so yeah, make sure you stay connected with one woman gig. Peace out. <laughs>